Live from the J.C. Newman Cigar Studios in the great state of New Hampshire and the Gurkha Cigar Studios in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Welcome to the Smokin' Tobacco Show with your hosts, Matt Tobacco and Kevin Acuff. Hey, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Smokin' Tobacco Show. My name is Matt Tobacco from SmokinTobacco.com, and I am joined once again in the Gurkha Cigar Studios by my old friend Mitchell Santaga. Um, who's with us, and uh, Kevin is on a business trip right now, so he couldn't make it, so Mitchell was able to to step in and pinch hit. Um, but I do have a guest with me. I have um, my first in-studio guest. This is, with the exception of John Carney, um, who I feel like doesn't count because he was an original member of this show, so like a, a, a true guest um, for the first time in the Smoking Tobacco Lounge. Brandon Marsh from Big Sky Cigars. Pleasure. Thank you for having me, Matt. Absolutely, dude. This is this is awesome. I just I remember, you know, it wasn't too long ago. I, you know, once we had this completed, and I said, listen, I said, you know, I, Nicole and I had said, you know, when we had our real lounge someday, um, we're gonna have our studio space, and um, you know, I'd, I'd love to have people over, and you know, and host. We, we're we're host we're host people, and uh, you know, I've had people ask me before about, hey, you know, can, you know can I come over and like, you know, do the show with you? And, um, I don't know. Our old studio space just kind of wasn't what I would have liked it to be to entertain. So now that we do, I was, I put out there and Brandon was like, Hey, I'm going to be up next week. I'm like, oh, lucky for you. I have nobody scheduled. So <laughs> <laughs> you're coming over. So yeah. Terrence Riley was here last week, but he wasn't on the show. So that doesn't count. Cause he wasn't a show guest. So you are the first show guest. That's in studio for us. This I, is awesome. You no, know, I, I, I was honestly very surprised how quickly. Like, I was expecting us to go like an entire year almost without a single person showing up in person, and like literally a week after you put out that, two people just show up, and you're just like, like I think even Coop was like, oh, good luck getting the industry to come, <laughs> come over. Like, can't even take a selfie. Never mind, show up to your house, and uh, and here you have it. You know, it's uh, we got branded and. I know it, it's it's nice, and and Brian Sonia's here too. You know, um, for for those who know Brian, you know he's here. Uh, love Brian, and um, it, it's it's always nice. I, I was saying this last because Ter- like I said, Terrence and John were here. They weren't on the show, but they were here, and it was nice because it was almost like having a live studio audience because there was some shit that was being said, and then they would like chime in, and I'm like, oh, yeah. this is what Garofalo feels like on the Cigar Authority. <laughs> I think that the, I'm like, I like this. I need to have a live audience more often. It pumps the move up. It pumps the move up. <laughs> It, know, it's it, it enhances the experience. Oh, a hundred percent. And it's all about the experience. A hundred percent. I mean, that's why we all smoke cigars, right? That's why you make cigars. You're trying to create an experience for people, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's the dream. So, but anyway, look, Brandon, you're here in the studio. Uh, I won't dick around too much. Maybe a little bit more. We'll see. Um, I got a couple of stories I might tell tonight, but we'll see. Um, Great to have you on the show. You were on the show last year. It was the first time you came on. I think it was last year, just before PCA. Correct. Um, which was which was awesome. It was a lot of fun. Um, I know you're going in. You're going into your third PCA this year, or your second. Your this is your third PCA, right? We are third. Yeah. So, kind of to recap from the last time you were with us, um, you know how how was your show last year? I mean, we're kind of in that that pre PCA pregame season now. Um, how was last year's show for you? Uh, it was the best show that we've had. And it, we didn't really know how it was going to play out because we were in the back of the bus with all the cool kids. And, always. Uh, you know, it was, it was really cool because I'm looking at – I always look at our floor map to see who's by us when we plan our show, a booth selection. And yeah. right before the show, I see that A.J. Fernandez is right behind us. And I was just like, oh, man, everybody's going to be going to A.J., so they're going to co- walk by our booth and come say hi. And – uh it was kind of cool because you walk by our booth, but we had this big 20-foot black uh, backdrop, mm-hmm. so you couldn't even see AJ's booth. So, yeah. like, you're walking towards his big pavilion that he had, and all you just see is Big Sky. <laughs> and then I was just like, had kind of a marketing idea, and I was just like, well, if everybody's going to be in AJ's booth, like, why don't I make my backdrop double-sided so when everybody's sitting in AJ Fernandez, they just see Big Sky while they're sitting there talking to his reps. And uh, genius, you know, it ended up being our best show that we've had. It was great. Uh, we sold uh, a lot of boxes. As for us, is our best show that we 
Yeah, it was great. Opened a lot of new accounts. New accounts. <clears throat> you know what? For me, when I walked by it, another really cool uh, kind of spot you had was there was kind of like these main, you had these smaller arteries throughout the trade show, but there was these like main arteries that were like extra wide and people just flocked towards those areas because it was easier to move and you were bumping into people. And you guys were like right along one of those main arteries where people were transitioning, coming in and out. And a lot of, a lot of companies, they go with these like kind of square plots Hmm. and it kind of like, it squanches them into these like little corners and you can almost like walk right by them and not even realize you went by a brand, but yours was like skinny and long that you took up like a lot of surface area and it was super easy to, find the booth it was like again you're coming down one of these main arteries you were right there right at the corner and like you said you you'd have no idea aj was right behind you yeah we felt like we had the whole corner it's like yeah. we paid for a 10 by 20 booth but i felt like we had like a quarter of the of the show floor, show floor space it was awesome you know i've heard similar feedback on those corner spots there's been a few other manufacturers are like yeah like we're, we have a small booth but like we're on the corner and then after the show they've been like yeah they're like we didn't have the biggest booth, but because of like where we were on the corner, we felt like we got, and it was like a main corner. They felt like they got so much more traffic than they anticipated, just because it was at such an intersection. Yeah. And I've heard this. I've, it's funny you say that because I, I I think McAuliffe was on the corner one year, and they said the same thing. They're like, yeah, like it was great. We were like right there, and it just felt like, you know, we for some reason we were just more accessible, and it worked well. So that might be the secret right there. Get a corner spot. Yeah, it was great. Uh, I mean, we did some uh, little guerrilla marketing too. Uh, hopefully, PCA isn't watching, but we passed out all our catalogs in the cafeteria area. So we just on every table we put our our Big Sky catalog. So I pe- did see that. So where people were sitting there <laughs> eating food, they'd be browsing through our Big Sky lineup. Like we wanted to make sure that everybody at the show saw us knew who we were. That's one way to do it. Yeah. Good for you though. No, but seriously, good for you though, because you know. And I own the rights for that this year, so if anybody tries that, I'm gonna replace your stuff. You'll just see you'll just see Brandon come by in his cowboy hat being like <laughs> not this year. This is my table. <laughs> just throwing your pamphlets away. Um, you guys had one uh, major release last year, right? Was it the the Blackfoot for last year that came out? Correct. Yes. How'd that guys how how'd that move for you guys during uh, the show in this past year? Uh we're sold out. So it wow. it was great. Um, we're sold out of what we moved to the States. We still have 20,000 uh, cigars resting in the DR. We have the next batch coming up for this year's show. So That's yeah. awesome. But it, it moved great. Um, had a lot of positive feedback with it. Uh, people love that cigar. Chico, that was our first cigar that we made in the DR. Uh, our first seven cigars were Nicaraguan. And so Chico did a great stick with that uh, when we blended that with him. And, uh, yeah, it was just a very well received. Yeah, I remember last year you were talking about it and kind of like, oh, this is what we're doing for PCA. And I, to be honest with you, I haven't really, I don't think, Mitchell, you went to their booth last year, right? Because I don't think I saw you like at the booth last year because uh, we, Mi- we were kind of divided and yeah. conquered. Yeah, Mitchell came I, by. I did the interview, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I personally, I don't even think I have actually caught up with you since since the show last year. So I like as we're talking, I'm like remembering like our conversation from last year when you were on the show. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. There's... um. There's all these things that, like, I, you know, wanted to refresh on. And the Blackfoot, I remember the Blackfoot last year. I mean, that was one of the things we talked about. And, um, you know, it's funny because I'll be honest with you. I remember last year when you came on, I mean, you had reached out to me and I said, of course, we'd love to have you on the show. And, you know, I always like to, you know, meet new brands and get to know people and mm-hmm. stuff like that. That's, that's half of what we do. I mean, it's like providing a platform, right? So, um, but I, I, I wasn't super familiar with the brand. And it was funny because like, we met and then we went to the trade show like right after you were on. And then I remember coming back and I started seeing your cigars up here. And I was like, oh, shit. I know them. I remember him. Yeah, Brandon, they make some good cigars. They're good people. And I was I was excited to see they were in shops up here. And, you know, it's tough because, you know, a lot of the shops up here, you know, um, they, they're great shops. They carry a lot of great cigars. But I feel like there's a lot of times I, I, I meet a lot of small little brands and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, these are cool. And I, I don't see them quite make their way up to New Hampshire right away. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the shops up here are very selective with what they bring in. I'd agree. Um, and I, and that's not a knock either. That's not a, you know, bringing in product has to be, you know, the right move from both sides. 
mm-hmm. as I'm sure you've you know kind of come to know. And uh, but when I saw that, I was like, wow, I got big skies already up here. I'm like, that's awesome. And I know that you guys are in two guys now. And I don't know if you're you're in um, twins. I don't know are you in twins yet. Not yet. <clears throat> it's in the works. It's a meeting that we have uh, lined up. Right now we're in two guys, the three locations, Smoking Joe's, Castro's, uh, Plasto, yeah. um, Cigar Shenanigans. That okay. was our first New Hampshire account. Penny and uh, Tino brought us in. and uh, I mean, there's just a hoot, but uh, Penny's been great. Tino's, Tino's cool. Uh, but yeah, just New Hampshire's been a great market for us, been very well received and just, ha- you know, just happy to be here. Yeah, it's a, it's, hey, a, guys, it's a great place. You know, if if you are looking to see where Big Sky is carried, just head over to bigskyscigars.com slash locations. They've got an easy-to-use map. Shows you where every single brick-and-mortar carries their stuff. You know, or just order direct from consumer right off their website. One of the you know, two. You, you can easy also go easy. to... You can also go to... The number two, guyscigars.com. That's right. The number two, guyscigars.com. You'll find an amazing selection of cigars and cigar accessories from all over the industry, including Big Sky Cigars. You'll find them there. Order them there. Order them from the number two, guyscigars.com. And that brings us to what we're smoking tonight. Um, Brandon is our guest. I'm going to let you go first. It looks to me like you're smoking uh, the Blackfoot. We are smoking the Blackfoot. Yeah. And uh, this was in two guys, uh, contender of the year, I guess, uh, it would have been in their contender of the year, mm-hmm. but it was in the episode where they said cigars that could have been contender of the year, but didn't quite make it. Okay. And I, I remember I was watching the episode and Mr. Jonathan says, yeah, big sky with Blackfoot. Uh, it was contender of the year. We weren't sure if they could meet the demand if we would have made them the, the cigar of the year. And Dave was like, well, that'd be a great feather in the hat for a small company like that. And I was just, I was just thinking to myself, I'm like, you know what? If those guys would have called me, I was like, I can make anything happen <laughs> if somebody wants to make it happen. Like, I'm, I make stuff happen. Like, that's that's the name of the game, right? So, uh, next time, uh, Mr. Jonathan, if you're watching this, call. <laughs> Always call. You never know. You can make dreams come true. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm just almost finished with and. I'll probably move on to something else after, but uh, I'm smoking the Mad Minnow, which I hadn't actually had this. I, I've smoked, I think, almost all of the other cigars, but I don't think I ever had the Mad Minnow. And I saw it, and I said, "Oh, that's a cool little like perfecto," and it really caught my eye. And so I said, "I want to smoke that." I'll tell you, man. What does this retail for? Six dollars? Six seven bucks. This is a great fucking little cigar. Yeah, it's yeah. not too strong, but it's got plenty of flavor. It burns really well. You can tell it's it's got a good construction. It's got good quality tobaccos. It's got a nice blend. It's nice and complex, but it's not overpowering. And I'll tell you, this is this is a, a badass little cigar. Yeah, it really is. Well, you know, Jess and I were from Montana. We're from the north, and being up north, it, you can't really smoke a tour outside and enjoy it. On most days during the winter. Mm-hmm. So we're like, well, we want to design a cigar that you can smoke 20, 30 minutes. And it's going to have flavor. It's going to have a little oomph to it. And we came out with a Mad Minnow. And, yeah, it just delivers that. So if somebody's looking for a great 20, 30-minute smoke, try the Mad Minnow out. You'll love it. Um, And they come in boxes of how many? 30. 30 bo- 30-count box. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you, I... I'm really like excited about this cigar. I don't know what it is, but it's just all around. This cigar fires in all cylinders. It's a great little cigar. I, I want to smoke this all the way down. Um, I'm it's gonna a, be sad it's when it's a gone. Cigar made for the north. Yeah, yeah. It, it, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we're in New Hampshire, uh, and Mitchell's in Canada. I mean, if that that's not the north, I don't know what is. That's the great you know, white I, north. I, I always, you know, it's I, I love doing reviews, but sometimes I uh, I complain that some of the cigars I have to review are just too long because even though I do get to smoke inside, a lot of the times when I get to the lounge, it's still like the same temperature as it was outside because no one's there and I have to right. warm the place up. And I'm like, you know, before I had that, I was I was reviewing outside. And, uh, yeah, it was like, you know, the first few that can be rough too. there for two hours and it's, you know, 
45 degrees, 55 degrees outside, and I'm just like in seven layers of clothing with a heater on me, and uh, something and like that, it, it works. It's tricky to do a re- so. As a reviewer, I don't review as much as as the as the team does, but um, you know these guys they review all the time. Um, I just currently don't have quite the time for it, so they 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 handle it. But you know I so I don't really like to speak first person on this, but I've I've done it before and I I know what it, I know what it entails. But reviewing a cigar out in the cold like that, I mean. It's kind of tricky because that cold weather can affect the cigar and then it impacts the performance and the score and it's it's a yeah. little bit of an unfair um, caveat to it. So it's it it's it's nice that you you were able to to have that that spot now because you kind of eliminate Absolutely. that problem. Because uh, I know there's uh, there's a few others who who just based on their photos, I, I you know they're outside like in their review and I'm like I wonder like how has that impacted that score though. I mean, you're smoking a cigar in a dry cold. Yeah. You know, it's the uh, the exact opposite of where you want to smoke something. Ex- so, yeah. So it's hard. That's like on. If you're going to review something, you give it a great review. You know, that's a good cigar. So. Yeah. <laughs> but then if it's a bad review, you're like, well, you know, like, oh, I had to keep relighting it and it kind of split on me. It's like, well, yeah, but like you were smoking it out in the snow. So like this isn't an accurate <laughs> review. <laughs> like. You know, especially yeah. if it's like Cameroon or something like Fragile too, where it just goes like in the first, you know, five minutes of being out there. It's like, well, I mean, what did you think was going to happen? Yeah, for sure. For um, sure. But, yeah, no, that's good, Mitchell. That's, uh, you know, it's good that you have that spot. And also, Mitchell, what are you lighting up with us tonight? Unfortunately, I have nothing. I am, oh, uh, that's okay. I'm I forgot. In, You're I'm not inside. smoking with us. I'm inside. Uh, I had to had to jimmy up a lounge last minute in my living room and uh, – and get some weird lighting going on. I've got the mood lighting here today, and uh, but yeah, it, the I mood is set. Unfortunately, couldn't light up today. The mood is set. <laughs> it's um, it's almost kind of like this like casting couch look. Oh he's got God. like that like spotlight, <laughs> and he's just like so Mitchell. Like, have you ever done this before? And he's like all nervous. Should... Mitchell's very awkward <laughs> yeah. and nervous sometimes. He's uh, just like, yeah, that's my I first should... time. <laughs> I should have just I should have just been on the before. couch. <laughs> Do you want me to take off my shirt? <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, Mitchell. Don't pretend like you don't know. Couple, couple of buttons undone here. Whoa. Uh, Whoa. Whoa. Are you following me? Should we button him down? <laughs> Mitchell's got all sorts of stuff going on over there. He's got that. He's got that. Uh, he's got that Italian heat, but he's got that Asian like flavor, and he's just. Mm. <laughs> Tell ya. He's he's a shop dude. You ever seen him like at the show when he gets dressed up at night and tries to copy her clots? I tell you that kid can clean up. Uh, uh, Man, he I just... tries to copy her clots. That's that's fair. <laughs> I'll tell you though, this kid cleans up good. I'm like, damn, that's what you're wearing tonight. Like, Dapper. I, I feel like shit now. Dapper's up. <laughs> I got dressed up. We, you know we went to we went to a nice dinner. I got dressed up, and I was like, uh, I saw what Mitchell was wearing. I'm like, I look like a hobo now. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, don't walk next to me. <laughs> last last PCA, I was trying to I was trying to shoot for a suit every single night. Um, whether it was the same suit or not, you know, you can only bring so many, right? But uh, you know, bring a couple of ties, sp- spruce it up a little bit. But uh, unfortunately, just due to some scheduling stuff, I couldn't get it, and I only ended up wearing a suit I think once or twice during during the show. This this year, I'm I'm really shooting for at least five nights out of the it's six right. that I'm there. You got suited up and suiting up. I know, I know. Yeah. yeah. Well, That's you got another time. shot this year. I, I hope you hit it yep. because I hope I hit it. I know that'll be cool. That'll be cool. And then you normally have the the cowboy hat going, which I must say you look really well in the cowboy hat. You really pull that off. I feel like not everyone can do it. I I, I should probably put it on. If you can, I mean, if if you can't do it with the headset, like I understand, but like, Just oh, for the camera. look at that. I didn't well. know Magic Mike was here tonight. Holy shit, <laughs> <laughs> man. The mystique, the mystique. I know. I know. Do you have like a it, whole collection it's, it's, of cowboy hats? Uh, or is I, it just I, like the one hat? No, I have a uh, different colors. I mean, you wear you wear a felt during the winter and straw during the summer. Okay. So that's just a rule. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. That's that's nice. It makes sense, but I didn't know that was a rule. It, it's yeah. If you see a guy wearing a felt during the summer, usually unless it's all sweat stained. 
you know, usually it's you know they don't wear cowboy hats that often. You're like, oh, he's a, he's a phony. <laughs> Nobody wears felt in the summertime. He isn't a real cowboy. Were you were you raised on a farm? Uh, yes and or- no. Uh, my <laughs> so my little brother, he's on the ranch. He's fifth generation uh, on it. Okay. Uh, but we moved away. My and my dad, he was a pipeline welder. Okay. And so then my little brother went back. And so my little brother, Devin's on the ranch and my cousin Jared are on the ranch and, uh, they work it. My, my dad's there and my uncle Tom, they run it. So suffice nice. to say, I mean, you, you know how to ranch, uh, enough. I, I, I've been there. I wouldn't say I know how <laughs> I've, been to all the, I've been to all the functions. <laughs> right? That's my dream. I think. <laughs> That's, You've gotten trashed there. Uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> every, every family branding is just a big party. But, uh, I mean, obviously, the Big Sky Cigar, I'd love to have a Big Sky Cigar Ranch one day. So, that would be cool. Yeah. That would be cool. Like in a, And, like, you know, it would be, like, kind of like headquarters or, like, also, like, a place where, you know, you can hold events for for the brand and just or just in general and kind of like a place for people to come. Yeah. It's something different, you know. Like, everyone – a lot of brands are based in the DR and Nicaragua. Like, everyone's in Miami or – you know what have you there's there's a couple other brands elsewhere in the country but it's usually like within the u.s it's like down in florida but like man going out to a ranch for like a cigar event it's different and it sounds like a great time it, it's a great time yeah <laughs> I'd, fl- I'd fly out to <laughs> wherever just to do that cigars just make it better so yeah that's awesome yeah i'm, I'm honestly pretty close to montana you know i could probably drive there just that's talk, true i just, forgot about that uh, we're about an hour south of Regina, so there you go. It's yeah. a little far, but you know I could do it. Yeah, you could do it. Closer than me, I'd I'd have to fly. I could. I mean, I could drive, yeah. but it would take me a few days. But yeah, yeah, you could probably make the drive from uh, Vancouver. Let's talk about what Van- we're having a lighting with, and it's very fitting. Brian's here with us tonight, so this obviously is very appropriate. But we are using, and Brian, you probably know what this is. Using our favorite accessories for our cutting and lighting tonight. That's right. Only from ST DuPont featuring the new Biggie lighter, courtesy of our friends at ST DuPont. Um, you know, nothing but the best here at Smoking Tobacco. You know, we, we like to have, you know, products that we can rely on, stuff that's going to always work. And who better than ST DuPont? Um, you know, we've talked a lot about the Biggie lighters. Um, there's the Biggie and there's, there's another flat flame, right? The Slimmy. So there's the Slimmy and the Biggie, the Flat Flame lighters. And we've talked a lot about the Flat Flame on, on the Spare Note Show. that Coop flame and again? Kevin. Yeah, there it is right there. Oh, it's a flat. Ooh. You almost can't see it but with the lighting. But, yeah, there it is. And I'll tell you, the Flat Flame lighters, you know, I've really – I don't know how much you've used them, Brandon. But, I, I mean, I'll tell you, I've really come to like them a lot. Um, you know, Kevin likes to always bring up that – Carlito said one time that the Flat Flame torch – is the closest thing to an actual soft flame that you can get with a torch lighter. And I think there's some truth to that in terms of the way that it lights, and especially when you're roasting and whatnot. But, I'd agree. Uh, yeah, I, I, and I think I think they're great. If you don't like a true soft flame, but you want that softer lighting experience, this is definitely the way to go. Um, and, you know, contact your local ST DuPont retailer to check these out today. Uh, I want to say this retails for $3.99 for the biggie um so a little bit more than your average lighter but you get what you pay for this lighter is going to last you a lifetime so don't forget to check them out sd dupont shake up the legacy um brandon you know we talked a little bit about kind of live from the jc oh. newman cigar studios in the great state of new Hampshire. that was on me i clicked the wrong one i apologize um Hey, I fucked up. I'll eat it. I'll own it. Um, we talked a little bit about your show last year. We talked about when you were on the show last year and kind of what you had with the Blackfoot. Going into the show this year, we're only just about 30 days away. What's today's date? The 21st? Yeah, we're. Okay. I don't remember what day the show Pretty starts. Much. The 20-something. I mean, we're, we're about there. We're about a month out. Like we're about a month out. So... Um, what, what do you guys got going on for the trade show this year? Do you have any new releases? Do you have any things you're adding on to what's kind of like your game plan for this year so our blends are in the lab okay uh it it was just a little close with pca coming up in march for us to launch a new product within uh what's that eight months yeah 
with a newer brand, we didn't have that many new brands uh, blends on deck. But we do have uh, two new blends that we're working on, and we plan to release them in PCA 25. Okay. But what we do have offered is we're going to do a five-pack of our River Series. So that uh, we had a three-pack, and now we're going to – we finally released our final cigar, the Blackfoot, which was our fifth. So we'll have that five-pack five that will be available. And then we're also going to uh, have officially released the Mad Men Flybox. That's right. I forgot about the Flybox. You talked about that last year. So that's going to – and just as a recap, and for those maybe who don't know, that's going to be – the Mad Men is going to come out with the with the with the flies in the box, the whole collection of them. Correct. Now it's interesting that I don't know who, if anyone else has done it, but I'll say you were first because you did talk about this last year. But there's also another brand out there now. I don't know if you saw. There's that Lure Cigars, and he's kind of doing something similar with that. I don't know if you know I've, seen that or I've 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 caught wind of it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you, uh, it's kind of like stealing your thunder, but uh, it, it was a cool concept, but I, I know that you technically were there first, so. It's fine, you know, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of people that love hunting and fishing in this world, and, you know, that's when Jess and I, we started Big Sky when we were fishing up in Montana, and our Flybox product, it's eight hand-tied dry flies, four Mad Minnow cigars, and a magnetic bamboo case that fits in your pocket. I mean, it's an actual f- uh, fly case. Right that we had built to uh, include four Mad Minnow cigars. So it's a functional piece of equipment that you can use while you're fly fishing. Right. So uh, what those guys do, I hope them the best. But, we'll, I mean, we stay in our own lane. You know, yeah. like, so, <laughs> uh, but that fly box, it's, it's a cool product. Uh, we did an initial release with a, a company. We sold 7,000 units. And uh, it was a great release for us. And then we're going to make that uh, to the public at this year's PCA. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's really cool. You know, and it's funny. We've had conversations, you know, in media people and, and whatnot, you know, as, as you guys know. I mean, we, we talk a lot about so many different things in the industry. And, you know, one of the big things the last couple of years has been like, oh, like everyone's doing a limited release. And, you know, some of them are cooler than others. Some of them are better than others. Just, you know, um, but, you know, you actually get down to like, well, who's doing something different? And, you know, you see stuff like that, and you're like, I can't think other than, you know, the other company that I just mentioned that was, I think, a few weeks ago we got that story, but uh, that that they're launching. But, like, you know, you had already been rolling with that, and it's like you think about that stuff, and you're like, wow, it's really different, and it's kind of cool. And the other thing you think about, too, is, like, it's cool to me, but as much as I appreciate and love it, I didn't get to grow up doing, you know, fishing and hunting and all that. Although I, I hope I still have time in my life to get into it because I, I do love the idea of it. And I like going to Bass Pro Shops. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I just want to feel like I really belong at Bass Pro Shops. <laughs> it's, a, it's a dangerous place. <laughs> I'll tell you, man, it's, it, it is. I mean, you go in there and uh, it's. You know, my wife always goes over to the ammo section and the gun section, and then I go over to the grilling section and I get my pellets to my smoker. And <laughs> I'm like, I look at the fishing area and I'm like, man, if I ever get into fishing, like, this, you get into some trouble here. But uh, no, but like, my point is though, like, job. there's a, there's a lot of people who are into that lifestyle who like yourself and you know who I'm sure love cigars. And you know, for those people, it's really cool to to have something come out where you're like, oh shit, like I identify with this, like this is cool, like. I really get this. Like, this is right up my alley. Like I'm a fisherman. Like I, you know, I'm a hunter, like whatever. Um, so it's nice to like see different things coming out that like more of a demographic in certain, you know, groups of people can be connected with more. And I think that that's something special that you guys definitely bring to the market is including a whole group of people who I think are big cigar smokers, but haven't been really fully represented. Yeah. And I think that's very important. Well, you think when you enjoy a cigar, it's usually you want to have be at peace. Mm-hmm. You want to be away from everything. Um, and when you're out fishing, I mean, what are you doing when you're fishing? The, that exact same thing. When you're smoking out, and drinking. Yeah, <laughs> and when you're hunting, like when you when you finally get that trophy animal that you've been chasing after and tracking for the whole season, you know you're celebrating. Mm-hmm. You know you, what's what do you do with cigars? You celebrate with them. So it comes hand in hand. It's a it's a great pairing and we've had success with it and you know we identify with that and we've you know I want to say that we will be the out 
outdoors person's cigar. That's my goal. Uh, put even more than that, you know, our sticks, the quality, they, they stand up and they speak for themselves. So I would agree with that. The thing about our cigars is when you pick it up, you try it, you go back for another one. And that's where I see success. Right. With, with that repeat. Sure. It's just not a one-off. One so people do these limited runs because they say they want to try something new that they never had before. But that's kind of a one-off, you know? Like, where, where's that repeat success in that? If you're a true business person, what you want in business is you want a repeat customer. And so you need to have a product that's repeatable. Of course. And that's what our goal and our business goals are. You know, it's funny because a lot of brands out there uh, and again, it's not a knock on them. And, and a lot of these limiteds, you know, that we've talked about, we've had, we've reviewed, they've been great. There's some know. great, yeah. But, you know, it's funny is I feel like those always get so much attention because they're limited, they're special. But you talk to any of these brand owners, right? Like, you know, people look at, you know, some of like the limit stuff Drew Estate does. You know, Liga Pravada. You know, look at what the Fuentes do with Opus X. You look at, you know, what what, what Steve Saka does with some of his, his stuff that he has that's that's limited. But when you ask them, like, oh, like, what keeps the light on? You know, Carlito Fuente will tell you, you know, 858 and curly heads keep the lights on at Fuente. You know, Liga Pravada, you know, uh, I mean, Drew Estate will tell you, Liga Pravada is not what keeps the lights on. Factory smokes, you know, and 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 acid, and it, that that's what keeps the lights on. You know, it's it's not the limited distribution. They get all the praise, but it's it's the stuff that I feel like a lot of people don't think about. Like, that's that's what makes the money. Yeah. And it's true. You want, and those are the people who are they're coming in and they're buying boxes, they're buying the bundles, and they don't talk about it. But that's what that's what most people are buying, and it's that repeat, just like over and over and over, buying the box. Yeah, it's so true. It's 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 and it's a very it's a very true statement. I'm glad you brought it up because it, 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 it's important. It doesn't get it doesn't get highlighted enough, but it, it's it's the truth of doing any business really, but especially this business. Oh, 100 percent. So, Brandon. Brandon, do you have a favorite fish you like to go fly for? Whether you know, rainbow, salmon, anything up in Montana you really enjoy? So there's not a lot of salmon in Montana. There's some kokanee salmon, but you don't fly fish for them. Uh, they're more of a lake fish. Hmm. Uh, so when you're really fly fishing, you're going after bows and cutties and brown trout. Uh, you can go after some bass, uh, but it's mostly after trout. Trout. Now, as much I know you like fishing too. Obviously, you do some hunting too. Oh yeah. So what do you what do you hunt the most? You hunt deer? Do you hunt bear, elk, whatever? Uh, so it's how how I grew up. Turkey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've never hunted actually. Uh, gone after turkeys when when they've been like, uh, in the when they're gobbling. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was always at elk. You know, elk is what you really? wanted to go after. Uh, and then you, you focused on elk, and then when you got your elk, that's when you went after deer. And for me, deer was like, you could get a deer at the end, last day of the season. So, in Montana, like... Meaning that they're easier to, to get? Correct. Okay. Yeah. So, elk is a, is, a, is a trickier hunt. So, if you can get that down, then you then you go after the deer. But, I mean, if you get after a big, soggy, nasty, big whitetail or a nasty muley, like, uh, obviously that's cool. I mean, you, you got to work for it. You got to plan for it. You got to scout for it. Um, and there's some really amazing uh, whitetail and mule deer that people have gone after and got. And it takes a lot of time. But I've always, me personally, I've focused on elk. And then once I got done with elk season, then I went to deer. Now, are you more, or I don't, or I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't ask this question this way, but, because I guess I truly don't know, but are you more of, or do you enjoy more of, like, are you a rifle guy? Are you a bow guy? I don't know, like, if people kind of, like, stick to one, or if there's just, they do both, and it just, because I, I know there's different seasons for it, at least around here, like, there's bow season, and there's rifle season. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, bow season, you're going after elk in the rut. Mm-hmm. So... If you want to have an experience in life where the hair climbs on your neck, go after elk during bow season when they're in the rut. Because when those elk are bugling, like that's they'll you'll be out out in the mountains camped out, and all of a sudden when they're during the rut and they start bugling at night, 
you'll wake up at two, three o'clock in the morning and you'll just be like, what is going on? Hmm. And it's cool. Uh, deer to me, like I've, I've never, de- the deer ruts usually more later in the season, but you can go after it uh, during rifle and bow, late season bow with deer. Uh, I haven't done as much as that, but a lot of people do. Okay. Yeah, it's, I've always appreciated it and I've had some like family who, who've been into hunting and stuff like that and I've always wanted to give it a go. I just never really had the opportunity. Yeah. Maybe now that I live up in New Hampshire, I, I can try to, but uh, I, I've always been fascinated with it and uh, I've always thought it was cool because I, I appreciate the hunt because I know it's not like you just go out there and you tag something like, no, like there's, it, it's not that easy and it's it's the experience of like being out there and, and tracking the animal and you know, maybe you take a shot and you miss and you'll lose it. And it's like, ah, oh, you know, like start over again. But it's, it's, it's a whole thing and I appreciate it. And I've always wanted to try it. I just haven't done it yet. I mean, elk meat's great. I've had elk meat. If you get a, you get a bull <laughs> or you get a cow, you just get it. You're just happy with it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, venison's great too. I like whitetail better than mule deer. Mule deer's, it's got a sagebrush taste to it. It's a lot more gamey. Okay. So. I don't think I've ever had any venison. I know I've had elk because I know like people who follow me know um, that I'm very good friends with John Carney from LFD, and he's a big meat guy. Um, and as much as he cooks steaks, he's also introduced me to like bison, elk, all sorts of different stuff that I've tried, and it's all been good. I remember elk. He gave me elk one time, and I was like, oh, okay, this is interesting. And I remember it being like really lean, mm-hmm. really lean meat. The bison was, was also really good. Um, and I remember that was kind of like my first foray, but I've never actually had deer meat either. Like I've never had like actual venison, but I've heard so many different people say so many different things um, about it too. Um, you know, some people say, oh, it's really gamey. And you get other people who are like, well, it also depends on how you prepare it. I mean, kind of what's your, what's your take on the meat? Uh, it depends on how you prepare it. I mean, you can obviously marinate it and get the the gamey flavor out of it. Yeah. Uh, and then it, it's your shot. They say if you get a bad shot and they uh, and the deer runs a lot and it gets a, a lot of adrenaline in the meat, mm-hmm. then it makes it more gamey. Oh, I never heard that. That's hey, interesting. Interesting. So if you get a good – a hunter ethically always wants to have a good clean shot, you know, like a heart shot, lung shot. And just drop them as soon as you can, just so there's no pain to the animal. But then that's also for the quality of the meat. So. Oh, that's interesting. I never actually heard that before. Um, it's good to know. Yeah. I'm gonna save all this information because hopefully I'll get to use it someday. For sure. <laughs> I'm gonna be calling you like Brandon. Like I'm going for it. I'm going deer hunting. I'm gonna need some tips. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh man, let's uh, let's hit our news really quickly. Um, our news is once again brought to you by McAuliffe Cigars. Head over to McAuliffeCigars.com today and head over to Smoking Tobacco to check out our reviews of McAuliffe Cigars, including the McAuliffe Black, rated 91 at SmokingTobacco.com. It is a blackout, McAuliffe Cigars. Um, now, I had a couple of things here that um, I had. Sorry, I don't know why all my tabs are messed up. Um, as, as you guys know, I mean, we're about a month out from PCA. So a lot of the stuff that we have really that we're hearing is a lot of early announcements for PCA and stuff like that. So, um, I'm trying to kind of leave those for you guys to read later, um, kind of highlight some of the more interesting stuff. But one of the things that came up, Mitch, I don't know if you saw this, but foundation, Mm -hmm. did you see the foundation story this week? I I want to talk about that one. Yeah. Yeah. The rebrand already on Matapa. Very strange. Yeah, I, I thought so too. I, I saw that strange. come across my desk and I was like, that cigar hasn't even been out a whole year yet and it's already being rebranded. That's yeah. And I know you were kind of big on that cigar. I don't oh, I, I, can't, I don't know if I should say big. I remember you were really into trying it. I can't remember if you did. I thought uh, you I did. Was, I, I tried, I think, one sample of the Toro. I don't know if it was the Claro Maduro. Part of the reason... Well, part of sometimes the confusion is like there's no sub bands on them, so you just get the you get the cigar blank, and you don't know if like you throw it in your humidor, and then you go back to it two months later, like, dang, did I buy a Maduro or Claro? I have no idea. And at the end of the day, they're really just color sorting differences. The the blends, I'm pretty sure the exact same. So, but um, but yeah, that was one 
that I was excited for. I smoked it. Uh, I think there was a lot of polarizing uh, thoughts on the cigar in general. Uh, I've heard some people say it was amazing. Uh, I personally was, I, I wouldn't say it was a bad cigar, but I think I was maybe slightly underwhelmed by by the cigar overall. But um, but yeah, I was one like it's super strange that so quickly it was um, rebranded and it still looks like that there won't be a secondary band on it saying Maduro or Claro. Right. Um, and it looks like it's going with very similar themed colors as the Matapa. Um, you know, obviously a lot of foundation scars having some key figures photo on, on their bands and then some for, form of color scheme. So they're going with a new key figure there. That has to do with more of like the intercorrelation of the covenant, and I think they were mentioning something about Menelik as well. Um, so yeah, it's yeah. And skimming it's, through it's this, I don't, I don't think that, I don't think that there was an explanation as to why they changed it. I mean, they obviously there was a, a meaning behind the new name, which is the Axum. I think is how yeah. you say that. Um, but never really like you know well why you know why not come out with a, another cigar called the Axum you know why why change, um, I don't think that was necessarily explicitly explained as to why, you know why why rebrand this cigar and why rebrand it so soon, uh, I'm not sure what 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 happened there, um, I don't know if we followed up with Nick I'm sure we probably did we just haven't heard back yet but. Um, hopefully we, we find out is that I just, again, like you said, it's very interesting and it's like, wow, what a quick rebrand on something that, I don't know, I guess I didn't expect to see rebranded and I don't think it's like a trademark issue or anything like that. I, I doubt that there's like another, I, that kind I of situation. To, I tried to look at it again. Like I was like, maybe somebody had it trademarked. They just never used it That's as true something too. or, or maybe like, like you know and they contacted nick that's the that was the thing that i thought happened is like somebody has it trademarked for whatever reason maybe even internationally like maybe it's not even a usa trademark maybe someone has it trademarked internationally and he's like i really want this cigar to go international and they they maybe emailed nick and was like hey man like i know you just came out with the cigar but like this has been a huge brand for me in this country blah 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 like we in the U.S. and Canada maybe have no idea about it. And Nick was like, man, I'm so sorry. I had no idea and I got to change it. Or maybe it has nothing to do with that. And maybe he just felt the story of Matapa and Ruben Dario wasn't really reaching the way he wanted it to. Um, I, I have no idea. Um, again, in, in, the, in the press release, it has nothing about copyright. But for something to have such a drastic change so soon like i said like it is his newest brand pretty much like his newest core line brand and it has gone through a full name change a full you know look and everything so uh i wonder you know obviously at the show i'm sure he's going to get the question asked a lot and i wonder if it's just going to be kind of similar to what he what they've read or put into the the uh, press releases oh we just wanted to you know again here it says Aksum represents a significant chapter in our journey, paying homage to the sacred history associated with the Ark of Covenant. And that's why they say they changed it. And they said the blend, re blend remains the same. And, um, but yeah, it's kind of ha has more to do with, because he, he created the, the Menelik as well. Um, and this character. Uh, and Menelik's a great cigar. I remember when those came out several years yeah. ago, and those were fantastic. And I think this guy's name is Ross Mukanen, who is, uh, or Heil Celesi's father. And, and again, uh, Nick, on a lot of his interviews, has mentioned uh, Haile Selassie many times. And he has, kind of yes. Ethiopian yep. uh, tie-in with, uh, again, covenant and religious kind of underlines through there. So... Again, maybe he just wanted it to tie in as an entire brand more than the Nicaraguan side. I have no idea. Maybe, yeah. Again, very, it was very, very out of the blue. And I, I, for some reason, feel that there is some form of background copyright that we don't know about. And that has just been dealt with behind closed doors. And 
and uh, amicably, obviously. We could be wrong about that. This could just be, you know, maybe they wanted to go a different direction. Just want to disclaim that just before someone tries to turn around and say we were making accusations. It's all speculation. Uh, One thing I will say, too, and much to Nick's credit, you know, I I have a lot of respect for Nick because he, he is a great professional. And, you know, I could see there being some kind of issue, possibly. And him just quietly dealing with it and then being like, yeah, yeah we're going to do this change, but, like, really just stay away from it. Um, and I think that that's kind of the, the best way um, to do it. And I think Nick does a great job of, of doing things like that. So um, just a, just a um, you know, just another you know, shout-out to him on that. But, but yeah, no, I, I am curious. And, you know, hopefully hopefully uh, we, we find out just because it's, it's just interesting. Yeah. Um, but you know, if, if it, that's something he wants to kind of keep close to the vest, I understand that as well. So for sure, well, hopefully, yeah, like you said, we'll find out. Unfortunately, sometimes we as media, um, thrive on, on the drama of what's the happening, gossip. but at, yeah, but at the same time, um, we definitely fully respect and fully understand when people, you know, like I said, do, do things behind closed doors and, and, uh, you know, get the business done without, uh, without needing to put out seven press releases or three facebook statuses about it you know yeah 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 there's definitely some companies out there that we got we get we get a lot of press releases from a lot of press releases from and then there's some companies that that don't send out a press release and they they make like an instagram post and then they ask us why we didn't cover it and i'm like i'll be honest with you i don't live on instagram so i had no idea that you made an announcement because that's not where i get my information um I don't know. Sorry if that offends anybody, but that's just, that's just, I don't know. It's just, Oh yeah, it that's, that's it not, happens. I don't consider Instagram a, a top source for um, news stories that go out on the website. I just, if I see it, I'll be like, Oh, I should call him and find out what this is all about. But um, I think Steve Saka has, we used to get press releases from Dunbarton. Now I just get Steve. I think like last week he made it. He's like, all right, he made it just a simple Facebook post. This is what I'm bringing to PCA. There it is. And I'm like, oh, all right, cool. Thank you, Steve. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Um, and then I'll send him an email and be like, I need some information. <laughs> yeah. uh, but he's always good. I mean, he, he does. He, I, if I ask him for information, I you know, I'll give Steve credit. He gives us whatever we need. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's funny. The way people communicate with the media sometimes is, is interesting. You guys always do a good job. Appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. You guys do a good job. There's a lot of people that do a good job. There's some people who are getting better. There's people who historically have been very subpar, and they're getting better. Tatawahe yeah. has gotten better recently. They uh, Pete is one of those that like he'll post a picture of like the box and be like, five thousand cigars coming in the fall," and they're like, "Oh, that's an announcement right there." And then you'd have to text him and be like, "Hey, so like, what is this? Like, when's it coming out? What what, what is it?" And he'll tell you, but like you know. They have been getting better. They have a thing that goes out now. I think Dan Wells is doing it. Um, but yeah, it's um, they they they've been doing a good job recently. And then there's yeah. some companies that have receded a little bit. But you know, whatever. We'll see what happens with that. It happens, man. It happens. Uh, you know, it's just it's just a, Brandon. And I apologize to make you sit through this. This is just the the media crap that we deal with. This is like the no non the, the <laughs> nonsense of you know shenanigans that we all. What, what was that? What did you say? This is all the shenanigans. Oh, shenanigans. Shenanigans? You guys talking about shenanigans? <laughs> yeah, I expect, I expect news-wise, things are going to probably ramp up in the next week or two in terms of people's kind of possibly saying, hey, check this out for PCA. But it's still pretty quiet so far. You know, we've had a few releases, a few little things here and there, but... Uh, it's a difficult balance. It's like, do you want to be mm-hmm. early or do you want to get in when it's oversaturated? And it's true. It, they're going to scroll through it. Nobody's going to actually catch what you do. Yeah, as a, yep. as a brand owner. I mean, and I know that Absolutely. you guys haven't been around like as long as some of these companies have been around 40, 50, 60 years, you know, where they've, they've done this so many times. But like, you know, I'm sure like these are things you think about too. Like, you know, like, hey, like, where do we want to be in that? Because it, 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 it's like a floodgate and then everyone's just throwing their shit out there. My content is ready. It's on deck, and uh, I don't want to be the first to the party, but I want to be there to where people will see it. Yeah. So that's just how you prepare as a business owner. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we our announcements are ready to go, and you everyone will receive it. 
once the PCA stuff starts rolling out. Right. But I want it to be timed at a point where it's going to get the most traction. Week before the show. Honest? Week before. You know why? Because the first stuff, like, uh, gets exciting. And then the next two or three weeks after that, it just becomes, like, there's, like, seven stories a day. And it just becomes, like, oh, oh, yeah, they got something. Oh, shit. Did you see? He's got one, too. And, oh, just got this one. They got four of these coming out. And it just becomes, like, oh, yeah, like, look at this tally. And then it just becomes so routine. But then when you get to, like, that week before the show... It kind of slows down a little bit because now people are, like, getting ready to go do the show and stuff. And yeah. most of the announcements have been made. So then you got those people who make those last-minute announcements like, oh, by the way, we're bringing this. And then it's fresh in your mind. So as you're going out there, you're like, oh, yeah, last week I saw that story. Because you're not going, oh, yeah, four weeks ago I saw this story. It's like, oh, last week, so-and-so. It's fresh. You know why? Because I can't tell you how many times on the way Nicole does this with me. And it'll be, we have to go. It, I swear to God, it, it's so many times. We got to go to uh, so-and-so's booth. Did you see last week that he's got this and this? We got to make sure we hit. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. And it's always it's always not like, oh, do you remember when Steve posted four months ago that he's bringing that new cigar? No, it's last week, last week. Like, oh, I just saw this post. Like, we just put this story out. I'm like, oh, yeah. And then it's like it's still there as you're going to the show. Yeah, That's my opinion. I don't know. Boom. So all other brand owners, don't listen to that because I'm going to follow that. <laughs> <laughs> As someone who takes the stories and puts them out. Yeah. And then I have to use that information for myself too. That's what works for me. I don't know. Uh, maybe for a retailer who's coming to buy and stuff, maybe it's different. But as a media guy who has to stay on top of what's going to be there, like that's what works for me. So uh, that's, you know, hopefully that helps you. Um but I did want to show one of our boxes. Oh, absolutely. If I can. Absolutely. So what we do, we're a little different. Uh, we love hunting and fishing in Montana and the outdoors. And we come with a – this is one of our core line boxes. This is our Bitterroot Cigar. It's a 20-count box. It's uh, very, you know, very clean. It gets a point across with our branding. But when it's on the shelf – Very classic too, if I might add. Thank you. Yeah. What catches someone – is Ooh. when Ooh. you go in there and it's Montana. in the humidor, that backdrop, it, uh, there you go. It just draws people in. It's a beautiful picture. And so with marketing and like what I, what I think of, like there's so many brands that do amazing things, mm -hmm. but it just kind of gets, uh, just get caught in with everybody else. So yep. what we thought of with our marketing strategy, strategy is like, how could we be a little bit different? And we was like, okay, let's represent ourselves. And so we did a beautiful picture and that's our, that's a picture of the Bitterroot River and that's our Bitterroot cigar. And, uh, yeah, just, we felt it really captures that. It really captures the people and it brings them in and it, 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 uh, it grabs that attention span for a little bit. And that's just a marketing play that we did by us. And it's it's been very effective. Yeah. And then we also have a, our, our shelf talker right there. That's for a bitterroot cigar, and it's got the makeup of the cigar and the tasting notes, and that makes it very easy for the retailer because it's so hard to know when you're going to a store. And we have Stogies, the oldest cigar shop in Montana, uh, to know the makeup of every cigar that's in your store and all the tasting notes. And so we made up that shelf talker that makes it a tool for the retailer to sell right and for the buyer because when you want to buy something you want to know like oh what's the makeup of it what's it taste like and so we thought of it as being the buyer and then being the retailer you know like what would make it so it's an easier tool or and that's what we've came up with and it's been very successful for us in my personal opinion i would say um i like shelf talkers i know that this particular conversation has been had with you know retail people who who've done shows and stuff and talk about it and or have been guests and whatever and you know i know that there's people who who say that they they don't like the shelf talkers it's too much or whatever i've heard people say that you know oh the shelf talkers are great you know people talk about you know perdomo for example they're a company that gets used a lot as an example for their boxes and the way that they're they're uh, 
their merchandising is on their shelves and whatever because they got all the boxes and the way that they they like them planned out a certain way they all have the shelf talkers and i'll give them credit they do do a great job um but they're hard to read they are ours are easy to read what i will say though is in a general sense though the shelf talker um i do like the shelf talker yeah i personally i I, I agree. I like when I'm, I'm going through a store and I and I it does it, it grabs your attention because you're like, well, what's this? I'm gonna read it. Mm. So I, it's like you see it and you're like, oh, okay. And then it kind of brings you in and you spend you know a few more you know minutes or a few more seconds than you probably would have just glazing through. Be like, you know, what's out there? What do I like? What do I know? What's different? And then you see, oh, and you read, it, and then you're like, oh, and now you've now you've been captured by it. And I'll tell you. You know, at least seven times out of ten when I've been looking in a shop and I see something different that I don't recognize and it's got the shelf talker, I'm like, hmm. And then I read a little bit of information and then it just starts to get me thinking about it. And then I'm just like, you know what, at this point now I'm just too curious. I want to try it. Yeah. And it does work. But again, I bring this up because I know there's people out there who have been like, oh, you know, th- th- these boxes with the shelf, it's too much. and. I don't know. I I don't think so. I disagree, and I think that that that's a smart move. Appreciate that. Yeah, uh, that's it. that's the way we're moving forward, and it's been successful for us. And yeah, it's it's been great. Mm. Yeah, and I think again, there's a lot of cool boxes out there. Um, believe me, I'll be the first to tell you. There's there's some there's some badass boxes out there, and I think they are great. They deserve the praise and whatever. Some of them, the cigars are great too. Some of them, they're all right, but you know the packaging was cool. Um, but again, like you guys went with the real clean classic look, which I think also is very important as well. There's a lot of classic brands out there. They still go with the classic, the raw wood or the simple wood box, which is the, the branding on it. And I'll tell you at the same time, you know, it's worked for those brands. It's classic. It's easy to remember because you don't have all this other nonsense. You just remember that one logo right in the middle of the box. Um, and I like clean. As much as I like cool stuff too, I'm also like I like clean. Mm-hmm. So when I see a box like that, you know, you look at a box like that, or you know, like the Padrone box, it's kind of the same thing. It's just the, the simple box, Padrone. That's it. There's nothing fancy about their boxes. Yeah. But at the same time, like, it makes a powerful statement with just that, and I think that that's kind of what you've done here too. And I, I think it looks great. And I like what you guys have done with the the imagery inside the box because it's it's different. It's really cool. Appreciate that. Yeah, it's not like it's just like part of the branding. It's like, no, here's another thing that's on theme, but it's not like just another like logo. You know, it's like this is our story that we're trying to tell. Yeah. So, no, a job well done. And uh, I'm, I'm glad you brought those out because uh, that was really cool to look at. But, yeah, I mean, what can I say? I mean, I know we're getting towards the end of the show here, so um, I know we don't have too much more time. But I will say, you know, I just I'm really excited, you know, since I, I've met you and gotten to know you over the last year. Um, I, I've watched you continue to grow yeah. and uh, you guys have done a great job. Your cigars are great. I mean, you know, for the price point and we were talking about this before the show, just the kind of the quality of every, just everything, but even, especially the cigars and the tobacco you're using. Um, these are some great cigars and, um, it's been exciting to watch you continue to grow and I wish you nothing but the best yeah. and I can't wait to catch up with you again in a month in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for it. Uh, it's going to be a great time. Yeah, the business has been it's been it's been a great experience for us, you know, coming from Montana where nobody was like, Oh, these guys have no shot at all. Right. And now we're in thirty five states and close to two hundred brick and mortars. Good for you. So it's uh we're in a great uh momentum and yeah. the trajectory is going. It's uh, sustainable and it's uh I'm just excited where we're gonna be maybe not next year, but in ten years. And that's where I look. Yeah. Right. So. No, I think that's – and I think that's a very appropriate outlook too. It's like where are we going to be in 5, 10, 15 years from now? Yeah. Uh, a couple years, you know, you can you can get – I mean, you never know what happens tomorrow, right? But a couple years, like, yeah, you can kind of figure out. But, yeah, 10 years, it's like – and I, I, that's, you know, it's something I've, I've always said to myself too, like just in general. Oh, we're 10 years from now, where are we going to be? Yeah. And it's exciting to think about because you think like, wow, 10 years is a lot of time. Imagine how much we can get done. And for a brand, you can do a lot of growing in 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we've done a lot of growing in one year so you can uh you can also go out of business very quickly but yeah. <laughs> if you don't know what you're doing but um but yeah no i i agree and i i think that uh that's that's a good mindset yeah no i wish you guys nothing but the best like i said and i and i mean that too um 
you know, there's a, there's a lot of up and coming brands. Um, you, you guys are a brand that I know has been talked about on the team. So, um, you know, good for you guys. Seriously. Uh, thank you. Appreciate that. And it's nice to see people from other parts of the country, like bringing their story out, you know, like we kind of were talking about before, like, you know, a lot of people, you know, they're coming out of Florida or whatever. And, but you know, you're, we're seeing more of these, these, these other companies popping up and like these kind of these, I don't want to see, I don't want to use the word odd because it doesn't mean that people are odd, but for a cigar origin, it's like, Oh, Montana, like you said, like, Montana cigar company that's kind of different but it's at the same time you guys have a very unique story to tell so uh and you've done a great job so far oh we have a great team too I mean you mentioned Brian Mm -hmm. earlier uh he's on the show tonight he's done a great job up here in the northeast and you know we have five brokers now on the team and they've been doing a great job for us so our growth this next year I'm really excited for and just to service the clients that we have now and to go out and keep meeting people and going out and doing events and the growth that we're going to have this upcoming year, it's it's exciting. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a big year. I think it. I think with the trade show being earlier too, I I I'm I'm hearing huge for the north. Yeah, I'm already hearing that from 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 brands and retailers that do business up here, and it's going to be good to get stuff out early in the year, be done with it, and then you head into like that that busier time. The show's already done. I talked to an account down in Texas last week and I was like, Hey, uh, how you been doing? Just wanted to do like a refresher. See how he's doing. Cause he's a good friend. And, uh, he's like, yeah, you know, I still haven't received my order from last year's PCA. He's like, I'm not sure I'm going to go to the show this year. And I'm just, it wasn't from us, mm-hmm. but just from other retailers. Right. Right. And I'm just like, Holy cow. Like that's, I mean, it's a good problem and a bad problem. It's more of a bad problem in my mindset, but uh, and I hope never to be there if you can bl- plan correctly. But uh, it's just, uh, yeah, that's, that was pretty wild for me. To hear yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, and I'll be honest with you, I've, I've heard those stories too. And um, you know, some brand, look, some brands are on it better than others. Some of them, you know, the reasons are just access to materials, or you know. Stuff wasn't up to quality. I get that shit. Oh yeah, it, it's it's part of doing business. And, Hopefully that never happens to us. Um, some of it also too is just other stuff too, and that's that. I've heard some. St- I won't really get into specifics, but I've heard other stories, and I'm like, oh well, that's kind of irresponsible, but okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not my company, but uh, yeah, no, I, I it's it's an exciting time, um, and uh, I'll be curious to see how the. Uh, how the manufacturers and the retailers kind of do with the at the early show this year. I I love PCA being in March. Uh, just allows the product to get out there, the shelves for the people when they want to buy in March and April and May. Uh, then the, it's available during the main peak buying seasons for half the country. I mean, it makes sense. I don't know why PCA didn't do this years ago. Right. So it's uh, it's a good thing. I'm I, I'm really happy with the change. Yeah, yeah, it, it'll be it'll be a fun show. Uh, it's our last year in Vegas before we head over to New Orleans. Oh my God! Which uh, we'll, is going to be twenty we'll five. We'll be able to walk outside in Vegas and not instantly want to die and melt in our shoes. This is true to too. The floor. This is true too. <laughs> yeah. It won't be one hundred and twenty hey, degrees. Bring a jacket because it will be it will be slightly cool outside at night. Like a brisk seventy five. <laughs> the last two years, I didn't leave the Venetian for each trade show for like the whole time you know like you're on the trade show floor you get done have dinner then you go home you go back to your room pass out wake up repeat you know so i got married in vegas in july we got married inside and it was nice but then we did like wedding photos outside and we did photos at the bellagio and i just remember being like i know this is my wedding day and i can't be a piece of shit but like i'm ready to be done because it's just so hot so and I got hot. a three-piece tuxedo on, and I just like, and I know let Nicole's like got a whole like dress on. And I'm like, it's 120 degrees, like, and the sun's still up. Like, like I just I want to be done. Like, I'm just I'm so hot. Like, this is just horrible. Yeah. <laughs> there I go. They're like, okay, we're gonna do this pose, and I'm like, how many fucking more photos do we have to take? I just want to go inside. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So, so yeah, I am looking forward to that. It won't be so hot at the show this year, but um. But yeah, then New Orleans in 25 and unconfirmed rumors I'm hearing through the grapevine is New Orleans also could be 26 as well. 
Wow. I'm interested to see, hear the game plan about New Orleans. That uh, those unconfirmed rumors, but I've heard them. So take that as you will for the time. We'll probably maybe get more answers when we get to this show this year on 26. If not, we'll definitely know by next year. But uh, that's what I've heard so far. So take that as you will. Take it with a grain of salt until it gets confirmed by someone that actually works for the BCA. And uh, I don't know. Could be fun. I don't know. It's been mixed reports on New Orleans. We'll see what happens when it finally unfolds. But that's going to be our show for tonight. Brandon, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. This was cool having you here. Um, I hope that I get to do this a lot more. Hope you come back. And uh, can't wait to see you at the trade show. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Look forward. You too, Mitchell. Yeah, Mitchell. We'll see you there. I, I can't wait to reunite with you. I've missed you so much. Absolutely. I'm I'm can't wait to hug your beautiful big body whoa 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 let's not get too carried away that's it's <laughs> a little too much but um yeah i want to hug too uh anyway that's going to be our show for this week guys thank you for listening thank you for watching especially if you're listening later on our podcast downloads head over to smokingtobacco.com for more news reviews our pca coverage brought to you by drew estate and other updates from the cigar industry we'll see you next week everybody take care have a good night Thank you for spending your time with us at Smokin' Tobacco. Please remember to like and subscribe for more episodes and content. And as always, visit SmokinTobacco.com for news and updates from the cigar industry.